0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Rangers close in on a deal for a new striker. Our Celtic back in for defender Ben Davis and Jim Goodwin talks finances after Calvin Ramsey's departure. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Yes, evening Andrew. And like I start the show every Thursday, there are still lots going on at this time of the season. You just mentioned a few interesting developments in the transfer window and Celtic and Rangers fans will want to have their say in that. And it's always a time of year. Now that I've retired that I can finally enjoy seeing all the images coming back from the teams just starting pre-season and players bent over exhausted a time of year I hated but the players have to do it the fans get excited when they see that because they know the season is just round the corner you're not still out there doing the bleep test every oh, summer oh, definitely not do I look like I'm doing the bleep test <laughs> there's been Certainly a real trend not. there's been a real trend though of I've seen it, players posting up when they should be on holiday, you'd think, posting up videos of them out training, showing on social <laughs> media that they're working really hard. Was, was that not you when you were? Well, n- when did that start? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I'm seeing more and more players in the gym posting videos. It's the era of social media and Instagram and look at me. I mean, we, we more about that players are, are put through the ringer in terms of the amount of games they're playing they should enjoy their downtime seems like these players just keep going and going and going enjoy yourselves use the break you'd be more for, keen on the Jack Grealish approach at all oh, the Jack Grealish <laughs> approach I mean that's exactly what you should be doing Vegas enjoy yourself and then use pre-season for being fit but I'm seeing some photos come in today some of the guys with sombre looks on their face because those first few days I, in fact I seen Gary Mackay Stephen yesterday uh, uh, in a restaurant and I says how's things back pre-season he said uh, first day back he says tough the old bleak test um, still gets the nerves as soon as you hear that tape going and the wee noise kicking off start of level one you're going oh here we go and you're looking for the goalies that's all you're looking for Andrew the goalies to drop it and then you can as long drop as you beat them you're fine as long as you beat them you're alright well let's hear from you 01419511025 whether you want to talk about transfers that have happened transfers you'd like to happen we want to hear from you 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB a story coming out today it looks as if Rangers are going to sign a striker maybe not the striker that, that Rangers fans were looking for because this is a, a 16 year old Zach Lovelace from yeah. Millwall quite a name isn't it it's, it's a bit more exotic <laughs> than Mark Wilson and Andrew McLean yeah, Zach Lovelace yeah. but yeah he's uh, sort of highly rated down south made his championship debut at the age of 15 he's expected to, to join up with Rangers at the start of July I mean that's clearly shows that, that Millwall had or have high hopes for him making your debut at 15 in the English Championship you don't often hear about that Andrew and it clearly shows you what talent the boy has I, I mean throughout the years there was only one when I was growing up that I can remember um, being thrust into first team action or being asked to be uh, from the schools to be put into first team action it was Darren Fletcher at Manchester uh, Man United and a slightly different level and we were all amazed we could clearly see his talent at that age but you have to have the physicality uh, and the intelligence as a footballer to even be considered to play at that age because you're going into a men's sport now it's obvious that Millwall looked at him and thought yeah he can handle this and it's alerted some big clubs throughout the UK and Rangers um, have beat everybody 
to the signing him. So, I mean, they have high hopes for him in the future. But I just wonder how much involvement he will have next year. I wonder if it's, it's no one for development. I wonder if it's to go right in uh, to the deep end and actually challenge... Morelos and Roof and whoever else is at the club for that striker role yeah because you'd think if you're playing games in the English Championship are you then going to turn around and be playing for Rangers B team in the Lowland League next season well you wouldn't think so I, I mean his agent and his advisors uh, and whoever's at the club just now would have told him you know what they expect him next season at, at Millwall they would have put on the table what's on offer now I'd be very surprised if they said go to Rangers and and develop in the under 23s now he might have to play some part of that but I think he must be Van Bronckers must be considering this boy if he's watched him if he's played at that level in a very very physical league got to say I'd, I sampled it um, I didn't do too well in it <laughs> if I'm being honest because it was so physical that's because you weren't putting in the work in pre-season that's what exactly. it was exactly I was Jack Grealish in it in pre-season <laughs> that caught up with me but this boy at 15 if he can handle it and, and make the mark and make that step up to play in that league then he'd surely be considered for starting uh, for a squad place up here with Rangers it's nice to see from a Scottish football perspective it happening the other way around because we've been used to it in recent times that our young talent has been poached there was Rory Wilson recently went to Aston Villa Ben Doak went to Liverpool as well with the Brexit rules as well it's been tough for Scottish clubs to hold on to their best talent with English clubs circling around them so Rangers sort of making a move to sort of do it back and and do it their own way and try and get players in that they can at that young age and so they should I mean you look at the, the the Premier League in England now and you know they're just the vast wealth that they've got that they can go anywhere and bring in any player so the Championship in League One the the younger players in there there are talent there you know really talented boys there so Celtic Rangers should be looking there because Celtic Rangers are a huge draw when they've got European football and off the back of what Rangers did last season you know you can see why young players might want a piece of that it was broadcast everywhere throughout the world the atmosphere that that Europa League campaign uh, drew for Rangers it was exceptional and it'll be the same for Celtic next year in the Champions League and young players looking at that and think I, I fancy a slice of that if they have to come here and develop for a few years then it's serving both player and the club up here so I think it's something that might be the future I'm pretty sure both clubs have got a scouting network that are well in touch with whatever's going on down south at that level Is that something Rangers need to use as a tool this summer the fact that you get to the Europa League final can you kind of point to players and say I mean look look what we did last (laughs) season look at the run we were on look at the level we got to you know that could potentially happen if if you come and join us for next season Well we've got to be realistic Uh, when our clubs go for players and Rangers and Celtic they have got to use their unique selling point now the Scottish Premiership we love it, it is exciting But to the other players it's uh, Maybe no, I can't compete To the other leagues The Celtic Rangers games of course can They can showcase that, well, this is what you're getting a taste of But when you've got that Europa League Run that Rangers were on When you've got Champions League nights That you can point back to and say well, This is coming up for Celtic Then I mean it's it's an incredible draw for both clubs to have and they've got to use it when they're trying to sign players Well we want to hear from you whatever's on your mind whoever you support 01419511025 give us a call or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB Let's stick with Rangers strikers because there was reports over the last 24 hours about Alfredo Morelos it was reports coming out of Spain that Sevilla had put in a, a bid of 8 million euros 
for him. He's obviously in the, the last year of his contract. Those reports have since come out and it looks as if they're wide of the mark. There was no mm. bid that was put in. But either way, it's a situation that, that Rangers are going to need to sort out this summer just based on his contract situation. We have talked about it a lot and there's obviously Ryan Kent and Joe Aribo in the, the same situation. But if Rangers are still looking to bring in another striker whilst Alfredo Morelos is there, they also need to sort out his future because if he's not going to be there then that's an, another number yeah. they're going to have to add as well yeah. on top of what they're already looking at of course and someone who's been such a great servant to them in terms of goal scoring and big games then you've got to look after the players that are in house first you know the the players that you want to keep now I've no doubt that Van Bronckers will want to keep them I would have thought it might have been slightly different if Steven Gerrard was still here he might have been looking to, to offload him the way things were going maybe it looked like that but I think Van Bronckers found an extra yard in Morelos and I think you could quite clearly see Morelos liked playing under Van Bronckers. Um, but you can't leave it run for for you know an extended period of time, even to Christmas or you're in trouble. You, you've got an unsettled player, you've got a player who can maybe, not down tools, but maybe not quite at his peak, there's no drive there um, and the club would lose it in an awful lot of money. So... It's something that has to be rectified But I mean we're in this position every summer It's a talking point Morelos every year Because he's Rangers number one striker And if you're scoring goals you attract attention But it's the bids that are coming in We only really know a one concrete bid last Was it last year? That came in for Lille? Yeah from Lille Yeah that, that was knocked back If it's reported at £8 million or €8 million Euros Was a figure Then that's well shy of what Rangers were being offered last year So I mean, naturally interest. that will happen when he's into the last year of his contract but we just still expect that Rangers would be looking for quite a lot more than that we saw last summer Odson Edward, Christopher Iyer at Celtic were both in the last year of their yeah. contract they ended up getting eight figures for both players decent fees that you know yeah. down to the English Premier League sides it's got to be the same I mean there's always a comparison uh, Edward uh, against Morelos and I think there was more to Edward's game anyway in terms of all round uh, player in terms of set pieces and movement and pace and, and maybe that's why Celtic got that figure but Rangers have got to push the boundaries if he's not going to sign then they've got to hold out for the biggest figure they can get I think if it's 8 million euros that's that's on the cheap for me How tough is he to replace because he's a player that there aren't many other players like could you see Rangers going for a, a like for like they have been really reliant on him over his whole spell really at the club would it be a case of trying to find a like for like but we don't know because Giovanni Van Bronckhorst might have a completely different idea of what his ideal striker is yeah it's a good point the way he wants to play um, might be completely different and he fell into the job where he had players in place and he maybe had to adapt his style a bit um, and a, a different sort of striker might just be what he fancies but how do you find a, a replacement like for like for Morelos because there's so much to his game the way he leads that line the way he plays up front himself and can occupy two centre halves at a time with his strength and his movement that's very difficult I mean you need to pay a lot of money to try and get that player in and it was a gamble when Morelos came in didn't pay a lot of money for him but it worked so those those buys are incredibly difficult so that's why Rangers will, will be try. I'm sure they'll be trying to tie him down but Behind the scenes will be somebody working on the worst case scenario that he goes and they can't be left light in that position. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025. There seem to be a few 
Rangers rumours doing the rounds today there was a report down south as well saying that Brighton have Glenn Kamara on a list of targets they are obviously trying to replace Isbisuma who's gone mm. to Tottenham for around £30 million pounds. an interesting link if Rangers are going to sell and if they want to sell big this summer is Glenn Kamara maybe one of the players that they would look at just given the fact that his contract length I think he's still got three years left in his contract I think he signed a new four year deal in September yeah. so he does still have a lot of time in his contract he actually looked towards the end of the season he wasn't a regular starter for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst I think he only started two of their last eight league matches I don't think he started the Scottish Cup final either mm-hmm. we've seen him be a key part of the Rangers side over the years yeah. after he came in from Dundee but you wonder if there is interest if that's one that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst might think that could make a move um, maybe I, I mean I was surprised that Van Bronckhorst didn't play him in more games uh, because I think he's a terrific player it's just kind of finding that position where he's best at you know he, he seemed to play sometimes an advanced role I, I was never quite convinced he was that advanced midfielder thought he was always better at kind of dictating play and breaking things up but what a blueprint that is to get somebody in for 50 was that 50 grand 50,000 pounds for Dundee and then I thought last year at the Euros his stock had risen so high that that was the, that was the opportunity for Rangers to really cash in. But of course they, they found that they needed him there and they wanted him to stay there, which is, you know, serve Rangers his purpose. Um, but if he's going to be a bit part player. If he's not going to be a number one starter and a club comes in with a decent offer, then you've got to move him on. That's why it is so key for Rangers and any other club to get their players signed on those longer term deals because they, they hold the cards they can essentially turn yeah. around to whatever clubs that may be interested in them and say well you know you're going to have to pay a, a big fee here because he's got 3-4 years left in his deal exactly and that's the model that, that they've got to live by um, you know we're, we're so used to clubs out with Celtic and Rangers offering one and two year contracts and the turnover of players are huge but Rangers and Celtic can afford themselves the luxury of tying these players up and, and then you know giving them three year contracts with a one year option it's, it adds up to obviously uh, four years in the club's favour not the players favour so they've always got that safety net and guys like Kamara Rangers have done it correct they've seen his stock so high got him on a new contract and now if bids come in they hold all the aces generally there does seem to be a bit of a shift just in the world landscape of football towards player power you see quite a lot of you know high profile players now just running down their contracts which you didn't really see too much of in previous years no because well they know the value what they can get I mean take the take down south down south is just a different stratosphere for what it was 10 years ago players are running down their contract and they're they're trying to get two hundred grand a week yeah, because it's not having to pay a, fee a transfer for them. fee. Yeah, uh-huh. It's ridiculous, but I mean, collectively the clubs have got to somehow put a stop to that. I, I don't know how they do it, but it is very much player power nowadays in terms of running down the contracts. Look, it works both ways because for years, like I say, they are with clubs they offer contracts and have a year option where they hold on to the player and say, "No, we'll have you," even though you're not really in our plans, but you might be worth something. Another times it's we don't need you and you're cast aside pretty quickly so it's interesting we're in a different world up here Andrew though to some of the figures that I'm hearing being quoted this week for guys like you know Jesse Lingard for instance who's commanding 150 to 200 grand a week to go I mean by that scale how much should you have been how much, oh, I mean 
Oh, I, I couldn't even put a figure on it <laughs> if that's the case. I would never be away for Vegas like Jack Grealish, put it that way. You'd have a good few nights out there. Exactly. But on Glenn Kamara, Rangers, it's an area of the pitch that Rangers do have quite a few players in. They've got Ryan Jack, they've got John Lundstrom, Stephen Davis has signed a new deal, James Sands is yet to hit the ground running but can play in that deeper midfield mm. role as well. So if it is one that there is interest, that that could play a factor as well if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst thinks, you know what, that there is options, we maybe wouldn't need to then spend that money on a direct replacement that can go towards another area of the pitch that I you maybe feel what? is more urgent. But I think they would, Andrew. I think I think one of them um, obviously Dave's signed Lundstrom's a favourite I don't know about Sands I mean he's I've seen bits and pieces of him but if Kamara moves I think they will refresh that area I mean I get players that have played there for a good couple of years now and served the club well but I still think you need to refresh a squad when you look at the Rangers squad for when they won the league a couple of seasons ago it's not much been changed really you know in terms of the starting eleven. It's, it's very similar. Alan McGregor, we're seeing, agreeing another deal. Stephen Davis is there. You look at the 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 full structure of the team, it's very, very similar. And I think sometimes teams can, you know, stagnate a wee bit. I think you need to freshen things up. And I wonder how many positions Van Bronckers is looking at to do that. I think it'll be quite a few. We want to hear from you. 01419511025. A bit of breaking news that came out just before... We went on air, Hamilton releasing a statement saying they can confirm that they've mutually agreed to part company with head coach Stuart Taylor. We thank Stuart and he leaves with our best wishes for the future. It's interesting timing, isn't it? Because this is essentially what, maybe one week into yeah. pre-season for them, one or two weeks into pre-season. You'd think that you know, this would maybe be done at the end of the season yeah. or if the start of the season doesn't go too well, then that's when they look at yeah. it it's strange that if it's only one or two weeks into pre-season they've decided that now's the time to do it quite surprised by that Andrew if I'm honest you're, you're totally right there with what you say because you feel like if you're going to clear the decks and go for a change that comes at the end of the season gives a new or gives a board time to get a new guy in gives a new guy time to meet the players to put into place a plan to get to recruit new players in um, but it's not even a lot of time so I, I just wonder how the full structure is I know John Rankin was there uh, as number two I wonder if he might be moved up the ladder I, I hope he I hope he does because he certainly deserves his chance but it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on they've also they, they won a friendly today 3-0 against Irish side Larn. so they won a friendly and then he's gone not oh, long after oh, ah, there you go that's football management for yeah. you the performance must have not been great three they want, breakaways they wanted 4-0 that was it <laughs> 1025 we'll be taking a look at stories surrounding Celtic after the travel with Lindsay you are the voice of Scottish football call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 if you want to get in touch or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and Mark you saw a, a local celebrity when you were driving into oh, into the studio I, today, see, I did uh, I couldn't believe my eyes Andrew so I'm driving through Bears Den and I'm caught in a wee bit of traffic and I look over and I thought no way I seen the back of somebody's head so I roll down the window and I give it the shout Specky Tube <laughs> And sure enough, the man himself, Hugh Evans, is there. He's standing at the bus stop. So I said, Hugh, where are you going? Thinking, I'll give you a run somewhere. He said, home. 
No, <laughs> just what, he was, two seconds up the road. He was 500 yards from his front door and he was getting the bus. Maybe it's just <laughs> the rail strike hitting him hard, you never know. <laughs> we need to get to the bottom of it. When's he back? Monday. You Monday, need, I think. You Monday, need to yeah. ask him why he was getting the bus 500 yards along the road. Maybe he was just off somewhere secret and didn't want you to know. Hi, home. Hi, so there you go. He took it well. He thought it was somebody abusing him and shouting. <laughs> well, it was, it was somebody was, abusing him. It was just you. He's seen the funny side. The relief in his face when he seen it was me and. And not just a not random Just a random yeah. Shouting specky tube uh, uh, It was will. good to see him I miss his I miss his face I miss well, his voice We'll find out the full story On Monday 01419511025 If you want to get in touch Let's take a look At another story today And it's a familiar name That Celtic are linked with It's the Liverpool Echo That say Celtic are interested In defender Ben Davis And have apparently Made contact with Liverpool About him So you may remember He was really close To joining Celtic A year ago in January Before they were Pipped right at the end mm. of the window by Liverpool. He was at Preston at that point. Didn't even end up playing. I don't think to this day he's played a competitive game for Liverpool. Was loaned out last season to Sheffield United. But yeah, certainly looks as if, or from this report that Celtic have made contact about a, a possible signing and the, the fee that's been quoted is £4 million. Yeah, it's an interesting one, this one, because usually when you miss the boat with players, that's done and dusted, but Ben Davies is, is popped back up again. You wonder how that comes about, really. Um, he's obviously somebody that, that Celtic, or somebody behind the scenes uh, in the scouting department, really rates at Celtic um, to bring it back up to Ange Postacoglu. £4 million... Pounds, you know, it's a decent amount of money, uh, uh, a good fee. Um, ben Davis had a choice to go to Liverpool or to come to Celtic and probably play week in, week out. He fancied his chances going to Liverpool. It's always going to be incredibly difficult for him to break in. But he, he went on Sheffield United, played 21 times, so he's still got some football behind him. But uh, that'll be interesting to see how that develops. It's a position I think Celtic probably need covering that left centre-back position because although they've got a good partnership just now, Starfield and Carter Vickers, if one had to be injured, then you're left with Welsh or Julian, who's obviously looks like he's facing the door. So that could be one that Celtic go for. 01419511025 on the phones. Uh, next up is Hugh in Bears Den. Hugh, what's your, what's your <laughs> oh, point yes. tonight? <laughs> I want Mark Wilson to know <laughs> the reason why I was at the bus stop I was taking it out washing home from the laundrette and I was bringing it back on the bus. He couldn't see the washing behind oh. me. <laughs> Where was the washing? You were, it, it was in did a you, Were you wearing bag. it? <laughs> he just put, put, put it straight back on, on out the dryer. Arrived in his pants, put his washing on and That's not an image we need. <laughs> Listen, Why? it's what's known as a rock and roll lifestyle. <laughs> Why didn't you say? And I would have gave you a run home. No, because the traffic was particularly severe and I didn't want to hold you back from Super Scoreboard but as part of the rock and roll lifestyle <laughs> now that I've brought the washing back I'm defrosting the fridge now <laughs> That is, is real rock what and roll What a there. guy What a guy Well Hugh I've missed, I missed your voice I, I couldn't believe it I was studying the back of your head and I thought <laughs> that, that must be Hugh That must be and just when I caught a glimpse to the side of your face I thought there he is I've missed that face for weeks Hugh, did you have one one, one bag that was colours and, and one bag that was all whites? No, no, no. Uh, I didn't pack the bag, so it, it was packed in a way that's unsatisfactory <laughs> to me. How many cardigans were in that bag? No, no, it was all bedding, actually. <laughs> uh, but, oh, that's a nightmare. Bedding's a nightmare. But you see, Mark, if I am reduced to getting the washing from the laundrette, 
and defrosting the fridge. Get this football season back <laughs> as quickly as you can. Absolutely. Hugh said it better than me. Thank you to Hugh. We'll, we'll speak to you here. again on Monday. Thank you very much for uh, phoning in. Let's go back to the phones again. I promise there isn't another pundit that's phoning us in this time. It's James, who's a Celtic fan in Port Glasgow. James, links today with Ben Davis. Is that one you would like to see? Absolutely, Andrew. Good evening, Mark. Uh, I think you stole my thunder there. I phoned in to start the Rangers game last year and I says, we need a new back five. And the, and the, the boys said, how come? We have about um, uh, the Champions League mark. Now we're going to come up against the cream of the crop. Last season, Rolston, Taylor, Carter Vickers, Starfelt, Joe Hart had nightmares and gave away goals. Penalty kicks, shocking defending. Now, we're coming up against the best now. I want us to put on a show and say, well, I don't think we'll get through the last 16, but at least make us proud and maybe get a third-place spot. Is this just uh, Europe you're talking about, James? Because Celtic had a, a very good defensive record I, domestically. Well, as Mark says, as I said, he stole my thunder a bit. If Starfelt was injured, which was hurt with Sweden there, and say Carter Vickers got injured, and we're playing Real Madrid... Who have we got? Tell me who we've got. Well, well, your choice of Welsh or Julian, you'd imagine. Um, but I, I think it's a position that Celtic need to look at. Um, you know, last season, or when they were out, Beaton was always a, a kind of fallback as well. That I don't, I was never quite convinced when there. He was good at you know driving out and playing passes, but defensively, no. So it's a position that Celtic could do with strengthening. And that's why Ben Davis, good age, good experience. I, I mean, if Liverpool's seen something in him, then their scouting system has been pretty good over the years. And it's incredibly difficult to break into that group of players down there. So it's not to say he's a failure. It's just to say he's maybe not at that level. But who is at that level? I mean, Liverpool had to spend, what, 80, was it 8 million quid on Van Dijk? Mm-hmm. To get to that level So it's a long way away But he certainly could do a job for Celtic James those games you're talking about Were all still in the first few months Of Ange Postacoglu's reign Celtic did seem to sort of Shore up things defensively More towards the second half of the season yeah, Andrew, That's we- very true But that was in the Premier League We showed ourselves up In the Champions League The Europa Cup And the Europa Cup Conference Now I'll give you a few facts and fact, I've been checking this out here Last year we sold Bio Ryan Christie, Austin Edward, and Aya. And apparently we made £35 million profit after them, which is good for us. Now we made £15 million from the Europa League, TJ50. You've got your Champions League, uh, sorry, your Champions League money, £35 million. Takes us up to £75, £80 million. And then we get season ticket sales. So I would reckon, and you might think I'm totally wrong, I would reckon Celtic's got about ninety million pounds in the bank. Am I wrong? You're like I mean, Ca- Carol Vorderman now. James, James has come with the bank statements here, but <laughs> th- the thing is, Celtic may well have that money in the bank, Aye. but it doesn't mean that you spend it all on nope. players. That's not how you run no. a football club no. efficiently. And yes, you know that fans always want clubs to spend more money on transfers. Celtic did spend about twenty million pounds on players 
last summer. This summer they've already spent around six million, just over six million on Cameron Carter Vickers. It looks as if Alexandro Bernabe is going to come in for a fee just shy of four million. You've got Jota, who could be six point five million yep. if that deal gets over the line. So it's not as if Celtic aren't spending money. No, um there's no doubt about it. They they have got money to spend, but it's about spending that wisely. And I think Ange Postacoglu showed that in his one year here that if he's given money, he can spend it wisely. It's not about marquee signings anymore, I don't think, in Scotland. I mean, those days are really gone where the big names for down south come up and wow us all and they're outside Celtic Park with crowds waiting for them and they've got the strip and it's amazing. And you're going, wow, how did they get them up here? Those days are gone. You know, I think it's about spending it wisely. You know, pinpointing individuals who Ange Postacoglu and his coaching staff and his, his recruitment team know can come into this team and make it better And uh, The the fact that Celtic Are going back to Ben Davies Has got to Put you in the mind That they believe That he can come in And make this team better I just wonder If he does come in For £4 million Is he coming in To sit on the bench I don't think so Not at that level Are you coming for Liverpool To Celtic To sit on the bench No You're challenging For a A, a first spot In that back line So I think it will be A different looking back line Obviously for last season I think James makes some good points In terms of the goals That Celtic shipped In European competition And how It's going to be A hundred times harder In this Champions League But that not only comes From individuals It comes from the manager as well And the way the team Sets up to play Well thank you to James Let's stick with the phone Scott is a Rangers fan Up next in Johnston Scott what's on your mind tonight? Uh, just going back to the Morelos situation Obviously uh, speculation coming in from Seville for eight million pound. I think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a snide bid, to be honest. I, I will say, Scott, that it looks as if that that bid didn't actually happen. It was a report in Spain. They'd reported that it was a, an eight million euro bid from Sevilla for him, but the the sort of talk over here it appears to be that the bid didn't actually happen. Snide's a great word, though, <laughs> to describe it. Do you think Rangers would have went back to Seville and said, "Hey"? That's that's, that's a, a Snyder. <laughs> I like that, uh, Scott. Definitely. I, I think all the Rangers fans would go back to Seville and believe it, it was for £8 million. Because Morelos is definitely worth at least, I would say, 15 to £20 million. I suppose that the tough thing, Mark, is when a player enters the last year of their contract, and I said it earlier, but you saw it with Odson Edward, you saw it with Christopher Iyer, Celtic fans would have rated them a lot higher in value had their contract had a lot more to run, yeah. but Celtic maybe had to settle for a, a slightly lower fee just based on, you know, their contract situation. Do you think fifteen to twenty million is is where Rangers could try and get a fee for Morelos? I think that's touching a bit high, if I'm honest. In the last year of the contract, in comparisons to Edward, you look at Edward, the age he was, who where he was playing international football, you know, in that France under twenty one team, he was he was making headlines in that. Um, that's why Celtic were able to command that figure. Now, Morelos, I think, 8 million or 7 million euro or whatever it is, is on the cheap. Um, but the fact is, he's in his last year's contract. He's coming off the back of an injury that's kept him out for a sustained period. You know, it's a big pre-season for him to get right, if that's at Rangers or if it's at another club. And the problem with other clubs are, then they, they sometimes take that into consideration. They'll sometimes chance at arms. So if that bid, if there's any truth whatsoever behind that, then it might just be the the facts that I've said there that last year he's coming off the injury, he's not played in a long time, 
months so we'll offer this and chance it on do you want to come back in Scott? Yeah, definitely. Morel, like, Morelos has come on leaps and bounds since Giovanni took over. Under Stephen Gerrard, yeah, Morelos was a decent player. But he spent, he spent a lot of time in injury when Giovanni was there. But when you seen Giovanni come in and Morelos playing, it was it was almost like a different player. As you said earlier, obviously Morelos pulled up two, two centre-halves at least. Pat goes in front. If you were down south, how much would you be paying for somebody that can tap balls in for fun and hold off two players? It's, it's somewhere in the region of 20 million. You're looking at people like... If you compare Morelos to a down south player, you're looking at maybe... The, the difference is there, Mark, is that the market is just different down in England. And if you're trying to find an example, Odds and Edward is probably a good one to look at because he scored plenty of goals up here for Celtic. Ended up going down to Crystal Palace for fourteen million pounds. Yeah, listen, we can't compare with the players down south. It's yeah. so overinflated. It's untrue. I mean, young players will go for astronomical transfer fees, and I'm sitting thinking, I've never even heard of these guys before. They've hardly played any games. But that's just the regard to hold your game in. They will get the occasional bargain, or there will be players that they come up and they'll pay big bucks. Kieran Tierney being one of them who go down there, and you go well. Maybe Celtic sold him on the cheap, even at twenty-five million. Um, but look, Morelos, what you, everything you described about him there, you're bang on. But English clubs, I don't think Premier League clubs look at the Scottish league and say, "Brilliant, we'll sign him on that." It's a European form, and I think Morelos was having a good season in Europe, and he played. He put in some big performances, but the crucial thing was he missed those all important last few games that could have boosted that transfer fee final point to uh, you Scott aye Mar- like Morelos he, he did have a great run in Europe Rangers had a great run in Europe it was just unfortunate what happened at the end but obviously when Morelos hit an injury and different things but I feel, obviously one man doesn't make a team but if Morelos did play the games and if he was fit I think Seville might have been a different outcome uh, the whole maybe last two or three games in Europe would have been a different outcome uh, but touching away from Morelos you've got obviously McGregor and Davis signed new contracts which I think is absolutely amazing McGregor the age he's at still playing football still committing to the club he's, as you say, as you've seen at the Player of the Year awards I don't know if you've seen it McGregor says he absolutely loves the club and it's true and it's you can see that McGregor loves the club at the age that he is at he's still playing yeah, we, we don't know what his role is going to be next season. It looks as if John McLaughlin may well play a, a lot more football than he did last season with Alan McGregor getting, you know, he's now pushing 41 now. But as Scott says, having players around that have the experience of, of being at the club and know what it takes to play for the club, that can that can always help. It can. I think McGregor's a funny one, though. I, I just thought he'd achieved so much at Rangers and how you ever going to top the Europa League final and get out with a Scottish Cup win. I was surprised. I thought he might have just hung like his boots up there. Uh, because are you stunting the progress of McCrory? Uh, when you sign on, it'll be an interesting one to keep their eye on. I said a couple of weeks ago, I was surprised that they didn't make any inroads with Segrist or they even approached him. Um It'll be an interesting one that battle for number one next year for Rangers. Well, thank you to Scott 0141 951 1025. Give us a call. 0141 951 1025.
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025 on the phones. Let's go straight back to them. Andy is a Rangers fan in Finiston. Andy, what are you thinking? Well, how are you doing, guys? I, I'd actually... I know Mark was saying earlier on about the team getting a wee bit stagnated, but I'd like to keep all our players. I know we we definitely need another proven striker because I think all the players last season they'll want to make up for that wee bad spell we had in the league, which that to me lost in the league and trying to win a good run in Europe. You know what I mean? I really would like to keep every one of them. So is is that the main position you're you're thinking, Andy? If there's one player that's to come in next, you want it to be a an out and out striker. Probably not striking. I don't know who, who we got cover for uh, Tavernier. Who, who's the cover we got for Tavernier? Uh, Zakowski, isn't it? The young, yeah. uh, young, young Polish, Polish guy. fullback. Who, to be fair, I think towards the end of the season wasn't really getting too much time on the bench. I don't know whether it was a, an injury or not, but we hadn't seen too much of him. Seen him against Annan. Against Annan. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm not sure he got game time at all. Apart from that, no. So uh, maybe, maybe a bit of cover for him. You know, for Tav. You know, I mean, I, no, I mean Tav's class. As you know, and what he done last evening as well, you know what I mean? So maybe a bit of cover him as well. The, the selling point for that, for a player, is like you're coming in to to challenge Tavernier and be back up for him, but he's he's never injured. Yeah, he never I mean, we saw that with game. Nathan Patterson, didn't Aye. we? That Rangers rated him so highly, yet he just couldn't really get any game time Aye. at all. So as a right back or any decent right back in this league or elsewhere, they're going to look at it and go, "This guy just plays game after game. Am I going to get any game time whatsoever?" Um, but I mean this might be the year he picks up an injury and it's a a big void to fill um, with Balogun away because remember Balogun filled in there and was showed up decent in that position I just feel with a team if you, if you rely on the same bunch of players year after year it sometimes grows a bit tired um, and a bit jaded and I wonder if the peak for that Rangers side was getting to that Europa League final with that you know, unbelievable run, um, taking injuries into account, they all chipped in in their own way. I just wonder if that was our peak. Is it a big part of progressing a squad that you you need to keep refreshing it, keep bringing in, even if it's you know one or two new players yeah. every window, just to keep the players that are maybe there on their toes, on their toes. thinking right, right, you know what, I'm I'm not settled in this position. I might have played every game last season, but you know this new guy's come in and, and might be challenging me yeah. for my well, place. The best teams in the world, you know, and we always look down south. Evolve. Even when they win, they don't rest on their laurels. They always look to add and change things to get the most that the players have got for a certain season. And then the good managers will realise that they need something extra. I think Van Bronckers might think that way. I think he needs to add freshness to that Rangers team to challenge a Celtic team because the players who came in in January for Celtic are still classed as fresh, really. And they're, they've got a lot to prove this season. They'll be desperate to follow on for last season. Andy, do you feel that key bits of business for Rangers are looking at the contract situations of Morelos, Kent, and Aribo? Ah, well, definitely, they definitely need to get them sorted. I really, I mean, to me, they players, when look at especially Morelos in Europe, you know, if we can get him back for next season in Europe, I mean, he's he's unbelievable in Europe. He scores goals for fun, so I would definitely, I think he will stay. I, I think he, I think Morelos will definitely stay. What makes you so confident? Because I think you just got to look about. I was reading the thing the paper all day with the boy Marco Negri talking. You know, he was saying that Ellis, look, we all love him. We, we know they love here. 
I just think you, you look at it and go, right, I'm going to win a crack at this Champions League because I think hopefully touch, crossing fingers, we, we should get through the two, four, two qualifying games and get right stay in the Champions League. So what kind of what more incentive do you need to play? Yeah, you never know what's going to happen, Mark, but you look at the Connor Goldson situation, I think there was, there was a much heavier feeling amongst the sort of general population that Goldson was probably likely to leave Rangers this summer and he's ended up signing on. So yeah. it could well be a case that, you know, the, the three players decide that their future is at Ibrox. Gold future will tell. Yeah, Goldson left it to the last second almost before making his mind up incredibly brave from him to do that. He obviously knew he was in a good position to bargain. The Morelos one's an interesting one. Andy Andy makes a good point. The Champions League qualifiers could be huge then for Rangers. You know, we're we're so used to talking about Celtic getting to the qualifiers of the Champions League. Who can they sign? Who can they keep? Will players want to stay because they want a shot at that? Might be the same for Morelos. If Rangers don't make that Champions League group stage, he might just think, what other highs can I really hit here at this club? It's all about hunger and want to stay at a club. If the, the Champions League is there... I agree with Andy I think he will want to stay If it's not Then maybe it's a different story Is there a gamble for Rangers as well In that If you're so desperate To get through those qualifiers Do you spend the money now In the hope that you'll get through Or Do you kind of need to hold off And I mean look The Rangers squad have shown That they can get through European knockout ties They did at various times Last season So Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Might actually think You know that the players have shown They can do it I've got pretty much exactly the same squad And have confidence that they will do it It's a big gamble it's, that's one that they would have sat around the table and spoke about what to do. I think you make a good point, though. I think Van Bronckers looks at his squad and thinks, who we faced in that Europa League all the way up to the final? Are we going to come across any better in the qualifiers? Probably probably not, um, or on a par with. So there's no doubt those group of players can beat them. But look, the latter stages of the Europa League and the quarter-final and the semi-final and the atmosphere it brings is much different to Champions League qualifiers in July. You know, the atmosphere around the full thing is different. So you've got to try and expect the same from the players that they, they gave at the tail end of the season to the start of the season. It's a big ask, that. Well, thank you to Andy. Let's hear a bit from Jim Goodwin, shall we? He's been talking today about the money they received for Calvin Ramsey. We didn't rely on the Calvin Ramsey money, you know, to to keep the club going. But it's it's been a great bonus. There's no doubt about it. And it will be reinvested back into the club. And whether that's with the infrastructure or whether that's back into the playing squad, that will all be decided um, as time goes on. I can't say a negative thing about the chairman right now. Um, he's been extremely supportive. And, you know, one or two of the deals that we have done already have went over and above where we thought they were going to be. Yeah, you do sometimes have to go back with your tail in between your legs and say, look, chairman, we might need to go a little bit further to make this one happen. But when you're signing quality players, that's what happens. That did make me laugh there. If Jim Goodwin did have a negative word to say about the chairman, I'm not sure he would have said it on a broadcast <laughs> press conference <laughs> anyway. But Probably not. That, that, it's big money that Aberdeen have managed to get for Calvin yeah. Ramsey. And especially when you've had a disappointing season, Jim Goodwin is going to want to put his own stamp on things. He'll he'll be knocking on the door saying to Dave Cormack, look, we, we need to spend money in yeah. these areas. It's the best thing that could have happened to Jim because there's no doubt about it. Aberdeen needed a clear out. That group of players individually, we said it last season, terrific individually as a team let both managers down over the season he needs to put his own stamp on it and when you're getting four and a half million or up to six million for a, a young player who's was in and out the side then 
it's a great starting position. So it's about Jim Spain that wisely. And he, he starts with the, the striker today and he's linked with all sorts of other players. Yeah, that was Boyan Mijowski that signed on a four-year deal, North Macedonian international. I think a striker was was an area that a lot of Aberdeen fans were wanting to see them bring in. Certainly was. I've seen him linked with Liam Boyce as well. I wonder how that would pan out. You know? I, th- I think he did. I think he was asked about that today and, today. and said there wasn't much in it. Wasn't much in it. Um, well... You know, it usually falls William Boyce outside Pataudry with a, an Aberdeen scarf above his head. Uh, Miofsky came in, look, looking at his stats, I don't think, looking at stats alone as a striker, he's not scored that many goals, but Jim certainly says he ticks all the boxes. He would have done his homework on this guy, as all recruitment teams do. I'm sure the Aberdeen fans will look for a better return than they got after the strikers last year. Yeah, well, thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you for tweeting in, or thank you if you were just listening at home. Thank you to Mark Wilson as well. I'll be back tomorrow night. I'll be in the studio with Jim Duffy, and you never know what might happen over the course of the evening and over the course of tomorrow. There could be plenty more new signings to talk about at your club, so we want to hear from you. Make sure to get in touch and stick around tonight because Johnny Campbell is up next.